welcome to this podcast brought to you by Mallee Sustainable Farming and Agriculture Victoria from the MSF Research Update at Lake Cullalarain in February 2020. What if you could get significant productivity gains in sandy soils just by tilling deeper, actually a lot deeper? It's the result Michael Moody, research agronomist with Frontier Farming Systems, has been finding over a trial that's been running for three years. He joined me in the MSF podcast studio to drill down into the results. What we're trying to do is fix sandy soils that we know crops aren't performing to their potential on. So really focused on sandy soils. And um, what we've found by going in there and putting a tine into the soil, say from 30 centimetres through to 60 centimetres um, deep, more often than not, we're getting a really positive yield response on those soil types to that operation. So what sort of depths have people normally been tilling out there? In a normal sowing operation, farmers are commonly working in the topsoil, so top 10 centimetres. It's very rare under any other tillage event that they're working much deeper than that. So what we've been able to diagnose in these sandy soils is using a device called a penetrometer. More often than not, these soils have high penetration resistance at about that 30 centimetres through to that 60 centimetres depth. So I guess going much deeper than normal is allowing us to break up that soil layer, reduce the penetration resistance and therefore allow roots to grow into that zone much better, therefore giving us the response that we're seeing. That's what you mean by penetration resistance. The roots have trouble breaking down past that point. Yeah, and um, look, there's lots of theories about why the penetration resistance might be there. It could be just due to compaction of machinery over a long period of time, but it could be due to other mechanisms like cementing basically in those layers with smaller particles filtering down to those depths between the sand layers over time. So the project that we're working on is trying to focus on, well, why is that occurring? But at the moment, we know that going in and disturbing that layer is having those positive yield responses more often than not. How many sites have you been working on? Well, yeah, just within our business, we've probably in- implemented uh, ripping treatments maybe across about six or seven sites in the last three years and um, have pretty much found in the first year a positive response in each year. As we go on through time, the response becomes less and last year we actually even found some negative responses. So I guess the, the point is is the work's only sort of three years old and we're still trying to work out well, how long are the long-term benefits but initially in that first year, we're seeing some pretty pretty good responses that not only improve yield, but also improve profit. You've looked at cereals and legumes. Cereals, what sort of responses are you seeing in that? So in the first year, quite often across wheat and barley, if we look at, look at all the sites as a whole, we've got a number of about half a tonne per hectare yield response in that first year. Last year was the first year that we really looked beyond wheat and barley, so we started to look into other crops, such as pulse crops, and what we found there was uh, in something like chickpeas, there was actually the potential um, for a much larger response again. So what we basically found was things like lupins were increasing yield by about 20%, but you know with a chickpea, we're able to double yield and more by ripping in front of these legume crops, which is telling us that they're very sensitive to whatever the constraints are in these sandy soils. 
That's a significant yield gain. Yeah. Now, that's the yield gain. But there's still more work to be required because the other thing with these crops is we've got the positive response um, from the ripping, but as farmers go out there and um, try to implement this practice, there's lots of other things that they need to think from from a logistics point of view. So seeding into these soils, controlling soil depth, getting the fertiliser and herbicide strategies right. There's a whole heap of work that we're sort of working on now to give people better advice for that. And that's the one downside of the legume crops is they're probably more vulnerable to some of these other things and not as robust as a cereal crop is. So while we're seeing some really positive responses at the moment, we're not really advocating for people to just yet go out there and rip in front of every legume crop but we need to work out how we can do that successfully without having any adverse consequences along the way. You did say that you found a significant response in the first year but you haven't done it long enough to see whether that's a long-term trend but did the yield response stay similar into the next year and I assume there's also seasonal variability on top of that as well. Yeah so to give you an example probably from our longest site which is a site that we studied established in 2017 at Oyen. We've actually got two treatments there. One treatment is that we ripped at the start of 2017 and we haven't ripped again. And then we had another treatment where we've actually gone in and ripped every season. So where we've ripped in, say, 2017, we had a, obviously a big positive response in the first year, about 0.8 of a tonne. The next year, probably a bit less, about 0.6 of a tonne. This year we saw another benefit, but you know, it was getting down to sort of 0.2, 0.3 of a tonne. So over time, that is diminishing. Um, where we're ripping each year, we've seen that benefit hold true. We've basically been able to sort of get that 0.8 to 0.6 of a tonne each year from the continual ripping. So yes, the ripping's only going to last so long. We're thinking in that sort of three to five year mark, but we've still got to experience a lot more sort of seasons. And the seasons that we've sort of had have been pretty low rainfall seasons as well, which is um, making that longer term uh, outlook a little bit harder to attribute. I did notice though in your presentation you you talked about adding putting in additional nutrients above base fertilizer and the result wasn't what I would have expected. Yeah so I guess we sort of come across ripping by accident actually. Our initial trials really looked at how could we change how we're putting nutrients into the crop and we thought that that would be the the winning strategy so we're thinking we, we know that when we test these sands they're very poor fertility in the subsoils like they're very poor overall but when you really get deep into the subsoil there's very little nutrition there so we thought let's go along and put instead of putting our nitrogen on top of the soil let's stick that deep down in the profile um, now we haven't really seen much benefit of taking that approach. Uh, keeping the nutrition in the topsoil has been what's been beneficial. But along the way, you needed a mechanism to do that. And by sort of doing the ripping, that's what's given us the, the yield response. We've also been looking at other organic matter sources. So thinking that we can build up that base soil fertility by maybe taking organic sources and putting it on farm. Some of the things we've looked at include vetch hay, which you might be able to grow on your own farm and put it on the sand and incorporate that in composted materials and also chicken litter which is a very popular source in particularly spots in New South Wales and South Australia where farmers have close access to chicken sheds and stuff like that. The results have been very mixed sometimes we've seen a result quite often we haven't again through some dry years but the one source that really does sort of come 
well above everything else has been the chicken litter. So at our trial site at Orion, by putting chicken litter in the soil, we've increased yield by about two and a half tonnes over a three-year period than what we did when we didn't do anything at all. But even that two and a half tonne yield benefit over that period probably wouldn't pay for the cost of actually putting that chicken manure there. But as a project, we're very interested to try and work out what is in that chicken manure and can we perhaps replicate that in another way to get that same yield benefit with less cost of getting that onto Mallee Farms because we really haven't got a source of that product close enough for our farmers to be using on a commercial scale. You touched on the point there, the cost of actually getting that in there. There's obviously a cost as well associated with going this deep. What sort of costs are you looking at? Because you change equipment and also you're going to chew through more diesel doing it, I assume. Yeah. So estimates of the cost so far, really those costs come from talking to individual farmers. We think somewhere in the order of 60 to to $100 per hectare will be the cost of, of uh, ripping operation. Now, when you look at the uh, return on investment at a site like Oyen, where just even the once-off rip has returned one and a half tonnes per hectare in grain yield over a three-year period of, compared to doing nothing, obviously they um, the benefits start to sort of stack up. But, you know, that's something that we really need to keep these trials going for longer because we need to know what happens over a four, five, even ten-year period to really work out what's the long-term cost-benefit of some of these operations. So it's early days at the moment, but we're really confident that we're coming up with strategies for farmers that are going to lift their overall production and profitability on these sandy soils. Michael Moody, all the best for extending this trial further into the future. It'll be interesting to see the results. Thank you for joining me in the Mallee Sustainable Farming Studio today. No worries. Thank you very much.